You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. something a little sexy about that music you have to admit hey i i love it i mean it's like a little sachet kind of hey what you doing you know (laughs) hey Corey, we just had our 24th wedding anniversary congratulations again by the way yeah yeah and um we got married in dallas and we spent our wedding night in the mansion hotel oh yeah, it was really cool. We actually flew to Disney World the next day, but our first night was spent in the mansion. Wait, 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 wait. You went to Disney World on your honeymoon? Okay, that was not my idea. Okay, <laughs> just wondering. Just, just, just yeah. need clarification. I told Greg, I will plan the wedding. You plan the honeymoon. And yes, he took me to Disney World for eight days. And yes, we had our first argument before we ever came home. <laughs> he is six foot seven, and he was sprinting around Epcot Center, and I was just like having to. You know, right. literally run to keep up with him. But anyway, enough about the miserable honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> the wedding night was awesome. But I know that not everybody has that kind of experience. Exactly. On their wedding night. Exactly. Um, and as, in fact, I was uh, recently walking through the Arboretum uh, in Dallas where a lot of brides have their pictures taken. You know, walking around in their gowns and they're carrying their bouquets and everything. And I can't help but always think when I look at a at an about-to-be bride, I love how she's preparing for the wedding, but how is she preparing for her wedding night? Yep. And I would never go up and ask her that question, but there are lots of people who ask us the question. Absolutely. And, and so it's going to get you to share this email that we got just a, a few weeks ago. I will. And this is Sexy Marriage Radio. If you're late to the game, welcome. Um, and we will love to hear from you because we, we get emails from our listeners all the time and we absolutely love it. And those come to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And so what we're doing here with this show, with this episode, is this would be the episode, I think, if you are a parent of a child that's getting married really soon or you're getting married really soon, mm-hmm. listen to this with your bride-to-be or hand this to them and say, hey, here's the conversation we have not had. <laughs> and you're assuming that it's the about-to-be husband saying this to the about-to-be bride. Well, there whichever. are probably women right. listening whichever. going, I want my about-to-be groom to hear this information too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's on both sides. So, But this is this is a show on – because we got an email from a listener that's saying she just found the podcast and she's thankful for what a, what a great resource it is as she prepares for her marriage. She's getting married in just – you know, in several months. And her and her fiance are both virgins, and they're obviously really excited about the sexual nature of of marriage, but she's reading and seeking a lot of counsel as she prepares to be a new wife. And she's heard some great wisdom, and she wants, and she's heard some stuff from her female friends on the state of their first sexual experience as was uncomfortable or even painful. And yeah, that happens. So as a virgin, what can I be doing during the first five, the next five months to prepare for whatever might account or happen as far as discomfort on the wedding night? Is there anything that he can be doing to prepare himself? What's a few basic facts every virgin or person needs to know going into marriage? Is there a limited number of times a couple could have, should engage in sex on a day? 
What does cleanup look like? Can you get a UTI from too much sex or not using the rest? I mean, so there's a bunch of different information in here that, yeah, yeah. all this stuff is important. These are all very legitimate questions. Totally. And I love that she's found the courage to ask someone because these are not the conversations that our parents have with us before no. our wedding night. No, they, they're and, not. And that's, that's unfortunate. But the reality is, is you're usually just so caught up in, uh, yeah, arranging, you know, like I said, all the wedding stuff right. that you don't even think about, Oh, well, what is it going to be like when we cross that threshold, when we get in the hotel room and close the door, then what? And, I really want to encourage all brides and grooms to to lower your expectations exponentially of those first few encounters. <laughs> it's not going to be hanging from the chandelier sex first pop out of the box. It's not going to be anything like the porn that you've watched. It's I mean, I hope that it's not. I mean, I, well, I mean, I, I can't say what porn they've watched or not watched. Right. But, you know, there's a lot of porn that you wouldn't want your honeymoon night to resemble anything like that. No. Um, so understanding that you are not expected to be a pro at this right first pop out of the box right right yeah. I, I think i think the first thing to do is is that is exactly what's going on right now is seek counsel seek you know talk to people just now, you know, you're not talking about after you've crossed the threshold no, no, you're no, talking no. about I'm, before the wedding I, day I, i'm backing up a little bit after <laughs> like i'm going wait a minute what are they going to do call down to the bellhop could well, you come give us some tips no no it's like right when you when you close the door you need to pick up the phone and dial shannon etheridge's <laughs> direct line and uh, <laughs> no I mean, 1-800-SEX-LADY and I'm totally kidding don't try that phone number it does not work but it but it does fit it's the right amount of letters perfect but but no it's the idea of okay seek counsel from people I mean I, I think of what helped I mean Pam and I we did the premarital stuff through one of the professors at our school we were at yes he was also a counselor and he did one whole time was just on this, was just on the wedding night. Yep. Where that's all we talked about for an hour. And I think we still talk about that of like, God, can you believe how much information we got from that one hour that was accurate and true and actually <laughs> played out exactly like he said? Like, and the first encounter might not even last an hour. Well, no, 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 no. It won't. It, I mean, it might not even last two to three minutes. No, it's, <laughs> it, it's very possible it's going to be done. All right. But that was great. Good for you. You know, and. <laughs> But it, it is one of those seek counsel and then have the conversations with your spouse, your soon to be spouse of, okay, hey, here's some things, you know, so it's, there's some prep work involved. There's some thought process involved. Sure. So let's talk about some of the practicalities that we can encourage them to consider. And the first one that comes to mind is probably a little unusual, but I have heard certain people say that it was very helpful to them to take all pressure off and that they didn't walk into that honeymoon suite with the notion of I have to have sex right now. Right. That if they just wanted to spend the first night reminiscing about the wedding experience, holding each other, talking, kissing, that yeah. that would be fine. Right. Uh, I well, think that it also depends. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Cause it also depends on when the wedding occurs during the day. That's true. Like, you know, if you have it at night, I know when Pam and I finally hit the, the, the hotel, we were starving. You know, yes. <laughs> for food, it's like, oh, good gracious, I am starving, you know, and a, a whole day of anxiety and a whole day of prep, you know, and it was one of those, okay, we just need some time, you know, let's just talk, let's, let's laugh. In today's day and age, you could look at pictures from the wedding right now because you got digital 
You could, mm-hmm. you know, you could reminisce and tell stories. You could shower. You could clean up. You could even sleep, you know. Sure. So what a notion. It's, it's kind of get an idea of when does things occur and what are some of the natural things that would be would help enhance the likelihood, which could be food, you know. Right. Yeah. To, to try to have sex when you're starving is a little distracting. <laughs> it can be. So yeah, take the pressure off. You don't have to walk in, get naked, hop in the bed and have an immediate orgasm within the first 15 minutes. It just, it's, it's probably not going to happen that way. It doesn't need to happen that way. There will always be times in the future of the marriage that that can be the way that it goes down, but just maybe just take expectations off the table altogether. Throw them out the window. Yeah. No expectations, no disappointments. I like to call expectations hex expectations put an h in front of it yeah. because you really put a hex on the experience when you create all these fantasies and expectations of what it should be right because then if it doesn't line up perfectly you think well that was just horrible right when in reality it it, it probably wasn't horrible it just wasn't what you thought it was going to be yeah yeah so don't so, so don't shoot on yourself sorry <laughs> yeah i like that the woulda coulda shoulda <laughs> um i want all potential brides and grooms to go back and listen to the show that we did on hygiene. Remember where we talked about, you know, manscaping and ladyscaping and the physical uh, side of sex. And that would be episode 119. Episode 119. Uh, yeah, you definitely want to go into it fresh and confident and feeling as if what you have to offer is going to be a pleasure, pleasurable experience for your spouse and not be all embarrassed and, yep. and inhibited. Yep. I would also recommend, I I remember when I got married, um, my dear female youth pastor took me out to breakfast at Grandy's and she gave me a tube of KY jelly and I had no idea what it was. Right. And she said, you're going to need this. And she just basically explained that you're going to get raw before the honeymoon is over if you don't use some sort of lubricant consistently. Um, and so whether it's KY jelly, whether it's Astroglide, whether it's wet yeah, or whether it's saliva, something, something, don't attempt to have dry sex and expect that you're not going to need two or three days to, to heal. And you'll have to totally reflect, refrain right. because it has to be moist. And, it has to be lubricated in right. order for it to be pleasurable for her. And sometimes and, that's going to be necessary for the first several months, just in yeah. general, because, you're just as I mean, I know as a younger woman, <laughs> listen to that phrase, as a younger woman, which <laughs> I'm not, but younger Do women tell, sometimes, you know, the moisture and the liquid that can be going with arousal isn't quite there all the time. It, it's something that it, it's a learned, it's an yeah. acquired experience. It's so, kind of like riding a bicycle. Yep, it so it, can, it takes some time. And yeah. so having that available is not at it. it that's great counsel. Right. And the whole notion that I hear it's painful the first time. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Because the reality is, is if you've never had anything of that size inserted into your vaginal canal, it could be, it, it could be a little painful. It could even be a lot painful. Right. I mean, you know, it, it's according to, I think that probably the biggest factor, because by and large, most penises are roughly the same size. Yes. It, it, it's not like there's, you know, blimp size, like the photo hanging on your wall behind you, uh, versus pencil size, right. uh, that, that for the most part across the board, penises are roughly the same size when they're fully erect. Um, but if you've never had anything that large, you know, like maybe you've had a tampon in there, 
but a penis is usually significantly larger than a tampon, but it's not nearly as large as the baby that will be passing the other direction through that vaginal canal eventually. So the, the, the fear of it's going to be too big. It's going to be too painful. I actually had a coaching client that she postponed her, she postponed getting married until she was in her 30s. She was just so freaked out by the notion that anything could possibly go inside that hole. And I asked her, how in the world are you ever going to have the confidence of getting pregnant and having a baby if you think that not even a penis can go inside? How is a 10-pound baby going to come out of that? And so now she is married and she does have a baby girl. And she was like, you were right, you were right. The fear was all in my head. Yep. Now, does that mean that it wasn't painful for her the first time she had sex on her honeymoon? No, it was painful for her, but you relax and the muscle stretches and with the lubrication present, you get used to it. And so the most important element is to relax. Exactly. Is to not get all worked up about it in your mind. Because from what I understand, vaginismus, which is a condition where the vaginal canal is basically just so tense and tight that the idea of putting anything in there is is just overwhelmingly scary. Right. But my understanding is that there's a huge psychological component to vaginismus. Am I right? You're the doctor. Yes, it is. And and largely it's the vaginal canal will constrict whenever anything whenever you get tense. That's 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 what kind of separates that whole idea. That Isn't it kind of like if someone comes at you with a pencil to your eye, what will your eye immediately do as it yeah, sees you, it coming? You, you, It'll, you you'll cringe. squint. Yeah, you, you, you cringe and kind of close it, close down for protection. Exactly. Yeah. And that that's what the vaginal muscles will do if there's a lot of anxiety right. about what it is that's so, about to penetrate you. So this is where the counsel of whenever you hit the honeymoon suite on the wedding night, just take your time. Just, just yes, kind of go slow. relax, enjoy it, let it unfold as it unfolds. Mm-hmm. You know, take, one of the things that could be really good is a hot bath. Yep, to relax. Because most suites will have a, most likely have a nice bath. Maybe <laughs> so, a heart-shaped tub. Maybe. Yep. Uh, so just kind of take your time and enjoy and let things kind of unfold. And I would definitely recommend that he start with fingers before he attempts a penis. Yeah. Simply because you can put in one finger and she can get used to that. And then he can put in two fingers and it's just kind of a gradual progression. And in fact, a lot of brides in preparation for that experience, she may choose to, to do that exact exercise with her own fingers of just, you know, putting in one and then two and then maybe three and just stretching those muscles just enough that it's not going to be a totally shocking experience the first time that a penis is inserted. And you know, Corey, that uh, brings to mind, I actually got an email from a woman in Australia who was so freaked out by the notion that a doctor had prescribed to her daughter a a vaginal dilator in preparation for her wedding night because she did have this condition called vaginismus. And she said, I'm willing to put her on a plane to come to Texas to meet with you because I just think she needs to talk with a Christian counselor because her understanding was that this would be such an anti-Christian thing to do. And I challenged her, you do not need to put your daughter on a plane to come and see me. This is a medical assignment. This is no different than giving yourself a shot of insulin if your blood sugar is low. If your vaginal muscles are constricted to the point that it's going to make intercourse painful, to use a dilator to help those muscles relax in preparation for a positive honeymoon experience, there's nothing immoral about that. No, no. 
So, yeah. And there's nothing immoral about inserting your own fingers to loosen those muscles in preparation for your honeymoon night. Right. Amen? Absolutely. <laughs> and so uh, let, let's switch genders for a second. Okay. Uh, what can he be doing? <laughs> he okay. has been practicing uh, uh, for uh, years. Uh, uh, Come uh, uh, on. Uh, okay. Let, it's, it's, it's very likely, you know, he knows how things work for himself because but of... A, but a vagina feels very different yes, than a Yes, it hand. does. And... There's a there's the the pressure of well how long can I last, you know because I know as a guy that's one of those oh man I I want to go beyond I just want to get in before I blow you know and, <laughs> <laughs> you know and so just realize hey it's all new and so anxiety oftentimes can make things go very very fast yep and that's, and okay. that's okay yeah that's okay and if you want to have have a, as a husband. A pleasurable experience for your wife well after you're done do some things for her right that doesn't mean the experience has to be over just because you've blown your gasket right um and you know, it just hit me would you say this is true Corey? that the element of anxiety will make it go faster for a man but the element of anxiety will slow things down orgasmically for a woman hence the conflict I know it just doesn't seem fair, does it? If we could just walk in each other's shoes for a week, it, I think we'd be a lot more sympathetic. Yeah, to each other's but I don't life. want anything to do with women's shoes. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm thinking of it as as a husband, though, as a guy, just being able to take the lead, set the tone of, hey, this is not just all about sex with our this marriage. This is not this about is, my penis and your vagina. Right. This, this is about an experience of what we can create together. This is about an entry into a different phase of our life, a different phase of our relationship, both together and individually, because now all of a sudden sex is entering the picture if you're both virgins. So it's one of those just realizing, man, I can be a great lover without having sex. You know, I already have been. So now it's just adding that component and still being gentle, still being, you know, powerful and, and strong and loving and caring through it all. Yeah. And, and the notion that you need to have all this experience before you walk into your to your honeymoon suite, nothing could be further from the right. truth. I married a 26-year-old virgin. Yeah. He knew exactly what to do. It's the most natural thing in the world. He was very good at it. I was, I mean, I, I wasn't like trying to measure I wasn't holding up scorecards or anything, but I don't remember having a thought of, oh my gosh, I can't believe that he's not that good. Right. I, I I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And so get rid of the anxiety of because I've never done it before or because my spouse has never done it before and I have, that it's going to be all awkward. There was no awkwardness about it in that regard in that one of us was experienced and the other one wasn't. We had already had those conversations. Yeah. We already knew going in that it was going to be a very different experience for him than it was for me. But we celebrated that. That that was okay with us. Yeah, and that's, so it's just listening to this show is one of those things. Just kind of getting an idea of, hey, there's a lot of things that are going to happen that may not go according to plan, but that's okay. It's, the idea is let's get let's give base facts. Of you know, because that's one of the things she asks is, what are the basic facts every virgin needs to know before going into marriage? Well, one is make sure there's some sort of lubricant available. Yes. Mm -hmm. The other is make sure there's some towels available. Yes. You know, yes. Hand towels. You probably aren't needing beach towels, but you know something <laughs> because well, there will be. It's sex is but messy. It, but it wouldn't hurt to put a beach towel if that's what you all you have underneath. Right. Because if there is semen that spills out on the bed, 
you don't want to sleep in the wet spot. Right. That's a very uncomfortable feeling that will breed all kinds of bitterness and contempt before the sun comes up. Right. If you didn't get any sleep because you had to sleep in the wet spot. And the other thing I can think of, because I remember this from several friends and it, whatever kind, if you're choosing to use some sort of birth control, and let's say that the, the fiance, the wife is deciding I'm going to be on the pill. Mm-hmm. One thing to know, because lots of doctors do not say this, and this really makes me mad is if you're on the pill and you have, because I've heard of several brides that have gotten on antibiotics because they felt a cold coming on right before (gasps) the wedding because of all the stress. Well, antibiotics can decrease the the pill working, if not wipe it out completely. Whoa. So you need to take other (laughs) measures. (laughs) Yeah, i.e. condoms. Right. So but it's just having those kinds of conversations to know that, Hey, how are we going to, if we want to prevent pregnancy, how are we going to do it? That's a right. conversation you got to have because sure. I mean, would you want to show up to your wedding night and, um, uh, wait, hold on. I need you to wear this. What? I wait, wait, I, you know, right. Right. Um, the other thing that comes to mind, Corey is, um, husbands and wives should expect some unusual sounds that they <laughs> didn't. <laughs> yes. That they did not see coming. It can be highly humiliating to not expect those kinds of odd sounds yeah. coming out of your body. Yeah. I think that they edit those out of porn. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, probably so. That, that you're probably, a lot of brides probably aren't aware that there can be a noise come out of your vagina that sounds very much like a fart. Yep. Uh, I hear that there's actually a technical term for it. It's called a queef. Okay. That if there's any kind of air that gets packed into her vagin- uh, vagina, either by his fingers or the insertion somehow. of his penis, it's got to come out somehow. Yep. And it may come out at a really awkward moment. Yep. And it's okay to just laugh and say, just so you know, I didn't fart. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. yeah that, that's just... Or even if you did fart. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's well, a very intimate right, we're act. talking we're talking about two people living in a lot closer proximity to each other. Yeah. So there's just awkwardness and weirdness and things that the human body does that, yeah, yeah you just kind of got to get used to it and realize this is me. Yep. Yep. There's going to be boogers in your nose and there's going to be skid marks in your underwear on occasion, hopefully not regularly, but um, <laughs> there's a, there's such a cute video out on YouTube that people should surf for. It's called breaking the barrier. And it's about the first time you fart in front of the person that you're dating or whatever. Okay. It, yeah. Yeah. Very anyway. good. For what that's worth. Okay, so can you have too much sex in a day? I think that it's certainly possible that a woman's vaginal area, if it's, especially if it's not used to friction, can be, can become, become a little very too uncomfortable. Rough. Right. It could it and, can be very uncomfortable. And I actually have a coaching client who, after three years of marriage, is divorcing her husband. And and one of the reasons is that he was just so aggressive sexually. She felt like she was being raped every single time. And I said, now how, you know, when did this start? And she said, it started on our honeymoon. She said, I expected it to be painful. I expected, you know, to be sore afterwards. But she said, he he wouldn't give me a chance to just heal up before right. he expected me to bend over and let him do it again. Right. And, and so you can imagine what kind of dynamic this set up. Not she good. was never going to feel safe with him yep. ever. Yep. And so the tension and the bitterness just built over and over, you know, layer upon layer. And three years later, she was just like, I'm done. I'm done being raped in my own marriage. Right. Well, and so, the, the, the other side of it, the, the refractory period for a man 
you know, yeah, it's possible you could just get to where I can't do it right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, and, and like sometimes on vacation, a man can get chafed. It's, yeah. it's not just a woman's problem. No, absolutely. Yeah, there you can have discomfort by using it too much. <laughs> sure. And I would say don't focus so much on the genital penetration part of sex. It's okay just to make out. Focus on the breasts. Focus yeah. on other parts that you find pleasurable to caress and be yeah. caressed on and you know it, it doesn't have to always be about the penis going inside the vagina and creating direct friction to those two body parts right. sex is much much deeper than that i love 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 uh what christopher reeve's wife dana said after his accident his horseback you know he was superman you remember right. oh, the yeah. original superman oh, yeah. uh i don't know if he was the original but he was one of the superman he's, who's, actors. he's just he's superman just leave he's the like one that. that we remember right. from our generation and for those of us in our 40s um, he had a horseback riding accident and so he was paralyzed from the neck down and a reporter asked Dana, are you guys still sexual? And her response was, we're as sexual as we can be. Translation, sex is not just about genital penetration right. or else she would have said, well, no, we can't have sex anymore. But right. to them, it was much deeper. It was much richer. And so you may have to focus more on just the other physical touch activities that you can enjoy if things do get a little rough and raw on the honeymoon yeah. and, and they, they very well might. Yeah. Yeah. You can, and, that, that, that's one expectation you can have, well, but, but you can you, prepare for that. You can also have the expectation of, okay, just because the honeymoon is supposed to be this sex all the time. No. What if you no. go do a big adventure and you're traveling and you're having this huge adventure together and sex is just an occasional kind of thing. There is nothing wrong with that if that's what you both are into. Right. And one of the recommendations I often make to couples is that you really kind of need to choose. Do you want to have this, this kamikaze sexual free-for-all for your honeymoon? Or do you want to go on this big adventure across the world type yeah. of experience? Because it's really hard to have both. Yeah. It, it really is. And I've actually known couples who, after we had the conversation, they decided just to stay at a local hotel for the first you know, several days and have that sexual free for all because they knew all they were going to see is the ceiling. Right. They didn't want to fly across the world to Tahiti to just stare at the ceiling. And they waited a few months to go on that big trip. Yeah. Because then they could focus on the high adventure of it all. So it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So the other question that was brought up by our listener that specifically is the whole idea of the UTI, you know, the urinary yeah. tract infection. Yeah. Urinary tract infection. And that's a, there's merit to that. I mean, oh, the concern. totally. Yeah, there's merit to the because we've had e we've had listeners that have emailed before that have said on this specific thing as well. We've not done a show on it, but yep. that every time they have sex, she gets a UTI. <laughs> and nothing ruins a girl's libido faster than right. that. There is nothing yeah. in you that wants to do anything sexual when you feel like knives are going through your urethra. Right. Um. And so, yeah, it is important that a woman go and um, relieve herself, urinate. Uh, after sex, because that flow of urine coming out of the urethra will wash away some of the bacteria that could swim up and cause right. uh, that type of infection. But also, I would highly recommend that you avoid any type of sugary type of substance anywhere close to the vaginal area. I know that some people get this notion of, woohoo, we're going to take whipped cream and we're going to put it all over and I'm going to lick it off. Or it could be that he's going to have an orange juice and vodka to relax before he has oral sex with her. But the sugar that's in that orange juice 
can wreak havoc right. just from, you, know, you don't even have to pour the orange juice on her. Right. You're just having it on your tongue can be enough to trigger a UTI. Right. And also fellas, wash your hands. <laughs> like, what, a, what a notion. <laughs> Hello. You wash your hands before you put food in your mouth. Yeah. Why would you wash your hands before you put them in your wife's cavity? Right. So, and I'm not talking about the one in her tooth. I'm with you. <laughs> but it, but it is one of those, it's just, yeah, you can take preventative measures and it, it, what a UTI is often called the honeymoon thing because it's it's a new part of life for a woman and so yeah so it takes the body a little bit to adjust so yep. okay it can happen so realize it you can take preventative measures and to help alleviate the the likelihood and it might not hurt ladies for you to ask your doctor for a prescription for Bactrim to take with you on your honeymoon because that will make you feel better within a matter of three or four hours. Right. Not saying keep going at it. I'm just saying it will at least make you feel better enough that you can go out, dance and enjoy the evening right. without being doubled over in pain. Right. Cause I mean, look at it this way that so you, you, you hit the, you hit the honeymoon suite. Okay. Like the wedding's gone on. There's now all of a sudden it's just the two of you. I mean, I remember this memory because mm -hmm. it was just, the whole day was just this nonstop thing, right? Yep. You're just building up to, and Pam and I's ceremony was that night, and then we did a dance, and, you know, so we're just, it's just bombarded with people. So when we finally hit the hotel room, I mean, we both were just like, <sighs> I mean, it was truly just Exhale. kind of this whole, oh, man, that was, what a great day, but, man, I am exhausted yep. right now. So it really is one of those Take your time, relax, because what you've just started is your life together, not just a night. Yes. So keep you've in mind taken, that you've, you've taken a step for, your, for the rest of your life. That's exactly what I was going to say, is you're taking one step in a journey that hopefully is going to wind up being a 60 or even 70-year right. journey together. What the first night was like should not be this big black mark right. on what the rest of your marriage is going right. to be like. It's going to take you a while to get in the saddle. The first time anybody rides a bicycle, it's a big mess. The first time anybody gets on a horse, it often can become a big mess. Right. The first time you do anything can just be awkward and embarrassing and uh, certainly not live up to the fantasy. <laughs> so just, you know, expect that it's going to be awkward yeah. and expect that you're going to get better and better and better at it. And what great, opportunity to exhibit to exhibit some grace at the very beginning of your relationship together yeah i mean because it, it's it's this whole hey we get to celebrate and and see sides of each other that we haven't yet and i'm okay with that it'll be uncomfortable at times but hey let's do it it'll be fun yeah and i and i think the best thing that the best mindset that you can each develop going into this is what happens on our honeymoon isn't about what i'm going to get out of this it's about what I can offer my spouse. Right. If you look at sex as ministry, especially in those first few weeks, months, and years together, you will lay a strong foundation for a, a very vibrant sexual relationship in the decades to come. Absolutely. Well, I hope this helps. And yeah. if, if you are the ones that have, well, this was long ago in your relationship, Man, hopefully you can have back look back after listening to this and have some laughs over. Yeah, yeah do you remember when <laughs> look we? Look at how much you've grown. Man, and remember, and or maybe you look back at it with some real negativity of like, ah, and we still haven't grown any further. Well, it doesn't mean it has to stay that way. You can still take some of this, initiate some conversations, 
initiate some learning, go back through some archives, and get better. Because that's what we do as humans. We get better. So wherever you are, thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. If you got something you want us to cover, please send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And we hope to see you again next time. See you soon. Bye-bye.